turn that to God. I want to talk to you today about uh, a word for the weary. Word for the weary. How many of you ever felt weary, tired, worn out, tuckered out, spent, exhausted? You've been there? I saw a video the other day on uh, Facebook someone put up of a kitten. It's a little kitten, and, and somebody was teasing the kitten, and that immediately attracted my attention because I like teasing animals. But uh, they had obviously played with this cat to the point of exhaustion, and the cat was laying there, and its tail every once in a while would just kind of move, you know. And that was about it. And they'd go up, and they'd grab the cat's feet and kind of shake them a little bit, and the cat would just flop back down. And they'd go boo and scream at the cat, and the cat would just kind of roll over. And, just, and it was just exhausted. And, uh, and I told Kathy, that's how I feel when you pick on me, Kathy. That's exactly it. <laughs> but uh, we've been there, haven't we? Worn out. And the Bible talks a lot about it, uh, us being tired and weary. And I think part of this life is that we're going we're gonna to get worn out from time to time. But God has good news for us. We're going to look at that this morning. How many of you uh, have ever been to the Statue of Liberty? Has anybody ever got to see the Statue of Liberty? That's on my bucket list, I guess. So to see the Statue of Liberty. But uh, at the base of the Statue of Liberty, there's this inscription that you're probably all familiar with, and it says, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest-tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. I've always loved that because that really is what America is, this welcome door for people to come. But you and I as Christians know that we have an invitation also, don't we? that just as the Statue of Liberty stands as a welcome from America to the masses that would migrate here, we know that Christ has offered an invitation to the poor and to the weary and to the torn and to the homeless. In Matthew chapter 11, look at verses 28 through 30. He says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The New Living Translation offers the invitation this way. It says, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Ever carried a heavy burden around? Carried something that maybe, maybe you didn't need to carry, but you just did anyway? Or maybe you did carry a burden that no one else would carry, and it fell upon you to do that. The New American Standard reads this way, all who are weary and heavy laden. The New International Version says, all you who are weary and burdened. And the question maybe for us today is, is that us? Are you weary? Are you burdened? Are you carrying a heavy load this morning? Maybe you're taking care of someone. Maybe you're dealing with sickness in your family. Maybe you're struggling through life and and there's just this heaviness about you. And that passage kind of describes twofold. One is just this weariness that comes from the journey itself, that life just kind of wears us out, that that's just part of the process, isn't it? And It seems that when we were younger, we could go and go and go, and when we get my age and your age, amen, we wear out much quicker, don't we? We begin to think things. I remember I was telling someone the other day, Robin sang at a funeral for us just the other day, and and, uh, someone said, oh, we just love Robin singing, and and can you get her to sing for the funeral? And she did such a great job, and she always does it. And I told the lady, I said, I know, I know, I know. Everybody wants Robin to sing at their funeral. She just is that kind of singer. She's just a great singer. And I said, my mom, who has been obsessed with death and funerals since I was a kid, that's the first thing she said when she came here. She goes, I want that girl to sing at my funeral. <laughs> There's just something about that. But, 
but we, we rush into that sometimes, and, and we carry this load, and we get worn out. And I remember when mom used to say things like that, I said, just be quiet. What are you talking about funerals for and, and death for? And she used to do that when she was young, and now I realize I'm older than she was then. And, and I'm beginning to understand that life wears us out. And pretty soon, you know, eternity doesn't sound quite so bad from time to time. I mean, we go from talking about heaven is a wonderful place as kids and singing those songs, but I don't want to go there right now, to saying heaven's a wonderful place and it might not be so bad right about now. We get weary. We get worn and, and, and we carry these loads around that we don't necessarily need to carry. Jesus used the similar passage in Matthew 9. He used similar words in verse 36. He says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And then he went on to pray that we would see those that would come in and work in the harvest, that they would go out and reach these people with the gospel. And so, very similar words. Jesus invites those who are weary from their journey or who are carrying a heavy load right now to come to him and to take up his cross. I am a sports fan. I, I like all sports, and I especially like stories of that are inspiring. And I ran across a, a story this week, and actually I'd heard it years ago, but it kind of re- refreshed in my mind, about a young girl. And I'll just read from ESPN News. It said, Megan Vogel uh, doesn't understand what all the fuss is about. Vogel is a junior runner for West Liberty Salem High School, and that's in Ohio, and she had won the 1,600-meter title on Saturday at the Division Three Girls State Meet at Jesse Owens Stadium in Columbus. But it's what she did in her next race that was most remarkable. With about 20 meters to go in the 3,200, Arden McMath, a sophomore from Arlington High School, collapsed in front of Vogel. Rather than run by her, Vogel helped McMath to her feet and carried her across the finish line, making sure to keep McMath ahead of her. And I read that, and man, if you go online and you search that, you'll find the video of that, and it is just, it's one of those things that is just inspiring. And the thing about this Vogel girl that ran, and she, was, she had won the 1600, and she's running the longer race now, and, and she was planning on coming in last, because that's typically what would happen when they put those races together. And she was fulfilling that goal of coming in last. But as she gets close to the finish line, and the video shows the girl in front just collapses and tries to get back up and falls back down. And, and in, rather than passing by and maybe getting her one opportunity not to finish last, she stops and picks up this other girl and essentially carries her across that finish line. And you see as she gets to the end, she pushes the girl in front of her so that she crosses the finish line first. And I thought about that, and you know that is really what Christ has done for each and every one of us. That when we get to the point where we are so weary that we can't go on, it's Christ that reaches down, picks us up, and carries us across the finish line. That when we reach our toughest moments, when we don't know how we're going to get through this, it's God that is able to pick us up and keep us going. And Christ suffered so much for us in order to give us the strength to carry on. And and that was just an inspiring story and a reminder of how much God loves us and how much God cares for us. That, That not just a simple race, but he gave his life for us to see us through this thing. Life can wear us out, can it? Maybe you're here today and you might be a single parent. And I have often remarked to Kathy in our ministry as dealing with single moms, especially I thought, I don't know how single moms do it. We've raised three daughters, and I'll tell you what, tag teaming is great. 
and, and you, some of the parents know what I'm talking about. It's those moments when you say, you deal with her, I've had enough of it. And it's that ability to hand off that has probably kept us out of prison a time or two. But single moms or single parents, man, they, bury, they, they bear that load all by themselves many times with little help, if any. And that is a tremendous burden, and that will wear someone out. Or, or maybe you're caring for an elderly parent or a grandparent that, that depends on you. And, and here in, in your time of life when maybe you ought to have a lot of freedom, you've raised your children, and now you're caring for someone else, and, and it tends to wear us out. Life just wears us out, doesn't it? Or Maybe you've just got a, a raise recently, and then all of a sudden some new taxes kicked in, and your raise is just all gone, isn't it? Or the gas prices jump 30%. Or, you know, we just seem to wear ourselves out. It's just, it is phenomenal how difficult life can be at times. But God said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. But not only does life wear us out, sin can wear us out. Sin can wear us out. And there are many folks that are out there in this world, and they are weary, and they are worn, and they are tossed, and, and really it is a result of their own doing. It's just sin that wears us out. Proverbs 13 and 15 says, the way of a transgressor is hard. And make no mistake, the way of a Christian is hard too. And probably a better definition or a better interpretation of that Proverbs 13 and 15 is that the end result of a transgressor's life is hard. It's difficult. John chapter 8 says, so Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I wanted to share that this morning because as difficult as life is and as difficult as sin makes people's life, the problem that we have in America today is people are refusing to hear the truth. Christ said the truth would set you free. And sometimes we suppress teaching and, and we don't preach what we ought to and, and we've stopped preaching against sin. And the reality, when we stop doing that, people continue living in sin and they wear themselves out because of sin. We can redefine things and we can say, hey, this is right and that's okay and you can do what you want, but we're not doing any justice to God's word and we're not helping people to tell them that their sin is something that will wear them out and ultimately end them in hell. The truth is what sets people free from the weariness of sin. Proverbs 14 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is the way of death. Sin will wear us out. And a third thing, and maybe what Christ was more pointing out in this passage that wears us out, is man's religion can wear us out. Man's religion can wear us out. And just to be careful here, there is just this cool thing, I guess is what they would call it, where people want to just dog on religion all the time. You know, and they talk about, oh, we hate religion. And it's, it's you know what, the Bible talks about religion. James says, pure religion and undefiled before the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction. James also says that if a man's religion is pure, he controls his tongue and the way that he talks. And, and religion's not the culprit. It's probably man's religion or man's way of doing things that is what wears people out. That when we really live our lives the way God intended us to live them, that's not a burdensome thing. In fact, John, 1 John 5 and 3 said this, for this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. That's religion. Keeping His commandments religiously. And then he says, and His commandments are not burdensome. I'll tell you when religion wears us out, 
is when they're not God's commands, but they're man's commands. When we're constantly going around living up to standards and, and ideas that weren't taught in the Bible, but they've been added by man, that wears us out. And when, when you and I got to look a certain way and, and act a certain way and walk a certain way and there's no thus saith the Lord behind it, those are just oppressive burdens that are put on us. How many times have we fallen into that trap where we've done things or not done things because we were told they're wrong and then we realize later on, well, who said it's wrong? Did God say it? And that's what Jesus was dealing with this crowd. The Pharisees had come in and they had begun to put a lot of pressure and a lot of burdens on these Christians. And Christ came along and says, hey, follow me. Let me be your teacher. He says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, these people have oppressed you with this. He says, I'm a kind and a gentle teacher. Man's religion can wear us out. But Jesus, in the midst of all of this, offers this amazing invitation. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And it is a call to refreshing, isn't it? I know that there are times, amen, when we ought to be in church and when God's word is preached, it ought to convict us at times. There are times when when our life isn't being lived right, that we sit in church and we probably shouldn't feel comfortable. That the Holy Spirit should convict us and deal with our hearts. But, amen, we should also have times when we come to church when we say it is a joy to be in God's house. That we come to church and we celebrate the goodness of God. That we come in here and we praise His name and that we lift Him up and that we rejoice because He has forgiven us of our sins and He has written our name down in the Lamb's Book of Life and He's put us on a course to glory. It shouldn't all be beat down, beat down, and beat down. We need to lift Christ up and rejoice in what He's done for us. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That word, come unto me, that phrase, come unto me, though, requires us to be humble, doesn't it? When we're worn out and when we're tired, he says, come to me. Come to me. And how many times are we guilty of being worn out and tired and carrying a heavy burden, and then we stop and realize, I haven't even prayed about this. I haven't even asked God to help me. I haven't even called out to Him. And all the while, God is standing there saying, if you can't carry that burden, call to me. I'll lift that load. I'll give you the strength to carry on. I'll give you the strength to go on. But it requires us to admit something, doesn't it? That we don't have the strength to do it on our own. That's just pride, isn't it? That's just pride. Proverbs 16 and 18, and and we're going to put it on the board and get it right, amen. It says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Pride gets in the way. And many times we're weary and we are heavy laden simply because pride has gotten in the way and stopped us from calling out to God and coming to Him for our help. Note in verse 27 in Matthew there, He says, come unto me and I will give you rest. And then when you drop down, and we'll talk about it in just a little bit further, he says, you will find rest. And that's interesting because there there are two rests that are mentioned there. The first one is a result of us just coming to Christ. It's almost like he is the immediate relief of the burdens that we carry. That the moment we finally humble ourselves and call out to him, he wraps his arms around us, he picks us up, he supports us, and he gives us the rest we need. But then he goes on and he says, learn of me, take my yoke upon you. And he says, then you'll find rest for your souls. 
that he gives us the immediate rest of turning our lives to him. But then as we begin to be a disciple and follow Jesus and study his word and live by his word, we discover a new type of rest that sustains us and keeps us going. The only the rest that we get, we should not only find rest and relief from the burdens when we kneel at the altar and accept Christ as our Savior, we also discover rest when we begin to follow Him daily in our lives and live the way He chose for us to live. When we come to Christ, there's this immediate sense of rest. But when we follow Him, there is a continued rest. We are invited in our weariness to come to our God who never grows weary. Isn't that a tremendous invitation? I mean, there are times when when I have been tired and uh, Kathy is so good, she'll say, why don't you let me do this for you? Why don't you let me, just tell me what you need me to do. And and I look and I say, well, she's tired too. I don't want to throw more on her. But we serve a God that says, give it to me. Because he never gets tired. He never gets weary. One of my favorite passages in all of the Bible is Isaiah 40 and verses 28 through 31. Listen to what he says. He says, have you not known... Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary. Even young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And the prophet puts those in such beautiful words. He says, haven't you known this? Haven't you heard this? That the God who created everything doesn't get weary. He doesn't get tired. And He's there for us to put our faith and our trust in and to renew our strength when we are tired. What an amazing invitation God has given us. But it's not just this invitation to to come to this God. It's an invitation to take His yoke upon us. And that is probably where many Christians fall short, isn't it? That we're okay with calling out to God in the midst of our troubles, but He goes a step further. He says, not only call out to me or come to me, He says, but take my yoke upon you. And it's interesting that when He's talking about giving us rest, He incorporates some words that deal with work. And many times we are so programmed that when we're tired and we're worn, we kick back and relax. But what God is saying is, is come to me and take my yoke upon you. I'm not a farmer, but I've been around a little of it, and I actually read a little of this. And, and this yoke thing is very interesting. Interesting for a couple of reasons. If you're familiar with them, it was a, a, a device used to attach animals to a plow. And the thing is, there are different kinds of yokes, and Probably what we're more familiar with than what we do is a single yoke where one animal pulls the plow. But the picture given here is Christ says, take my yoke upon you, and this is a double yoke where two work together. That we partner up with Christ, where we commit to Him. But an even more interesting thing is the word there for yoke is probably more related to teaching. Which if you are like me and hate school, amen, you relate to that. But the rabbis would actually use that term, this yoke. And, and what they would do is they, the teacher would take a yoke and put it on the student. They are their student and they're going to teach them. And, and that's exactly what was going on in Matthew 11 is these teachers were putting these burdens on people. 
And Christ came along, he says, take my yoke upon you. And then he uses this phrase, and learn of me. Some of you know I'm back to school, and I'm telling you what, you should finish school when you're young, because it does not get easier. You know, memory, memory, memory is a difficult thing as you get older. But, you know, I'm taking these classes, and I'm thinking, when I think of a yoke that is burdensome, I'm thinking of a math textbook. So Kathy, one day I'm saying, I'm taking a writing class and a math class at the same time, and I think my brain is going to break in half. That is a heavy yoke. And then you add in other things from, it, that's what he's talking about. And he says, take my yoke upon you. Let me be your teacher. And the reason Christ was a better teacher than they had ever experienced is described in that verse because he says he was lowly and gentle. Christ is humble and gentle. We need to take his yoke. We need to let him be our teacher. When we become his disciples, when we take his yoke upon us, when we learn to live like Jesus lived, when we follow his teaching, then we find rest. Then we discover the true joy of Christianity. It's not some burdensome thing. But it is a delight to walk with God. And it is something that brings joy into our lives. He says, take my yoke, which tells us to submit. He says, learn of me. And then he essentially tells us to trust him. Because he says, when we do this, he said, I'll give you rest. Augustine has a quote. He said this, he says, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Think about that. That we were designed for God. We were made for God. And he says, our hearts are restless until we put them in you, until we rest in you. As long as you and I are not surrendered to God, we'll never find rest. There'll be this turmoil within us. There'll be this struggle within us. Things will not seem right. They'll not seem like we're where we're supposed to be or we're doing what we're supposed to do because simply we're not. We were designed by God for God. And until then, we'll not find the joy. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 is where we were. Let me read that to you from the message this morning. Just a plain English version. It's actually a paraphrase, not a version of Scripture, but the words are so true. He says, are you tired, worn out, burned out? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely We need to find the rest that he offers us. And by the way, when he says my yoke is easy and my burden is light, the word easy there is probably better interpreted kind or good. Because we all know that serving God sometimes is not easy, but it's always good. Always good.